Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 275. Woo, that's a a nice number. Uh, February 17th, 2021. My name is Phil Pinsky. With with me, as always, Bill Lutz and Tim Sway. This week's top Patreon supporters, even though we promised a full read, I was not prepared, so we're just going to go with the huge. Lakeside Woodcrafter, Klingspore Woodworking Shop, Narwhal Labs, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Isotunes, love those guys, Tim Hollander, and of course, Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Jim Bashirs, who has just had some surgeries and uh, he's his arms all kind of messed up. Uh, and I again, uh, that, he's falling apart. He's heck of old, you know that, right? Well, that's what happens, you know. But, uh, but yeah. he's he he wrote this is uh, on Patreon. He wrote to us, and uh, and so I, you know, he kind of wrote telling me what's been going on. He's kind of starting to get get still go through recovery, but he wrote, um, "I always have you three mopes uh, to cheer me up," and so. I think he meant really well. One mope and then two of us, but you know, close enough. Right. But get better, yeah. Jim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mope, you have anything to say? <laughs> uh, it's Ooh, Jim. Huh. I mean, I I don't know if he's actually really hurt or he just needs attention. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. now I know why he called you a mope. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what a mope is. As far as I know, it's uh, it's the first half of a very cheap motorcycle. Well, is it is it a motorcycle though? Is it or is it its own special? It's thing? more like a powered bicycle, yeah. Okay. It's a motorized Mo- pedal. I get it. Moped, I get it. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. You were yeah. right there. Um, Just kidding, Jim. Get get better. We miss you and love you and, and stuff. Please and thank you. Yes. Please and thank you. What are fulfilled. we working on? Bill Lutz, you go. Say many things. <clears throat> well, I am the proud owner of a functioning dryer. Do you know why I'm a proud owner of a functioning dryer? Your why? bar's dryer low? stopped functioning. Oh, <laughs> closed closed dryer. Yeah, so I was. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, it's <was> fruit dryer. <laughs> I wasn't sure. It could have been like, yeah, it might be dried fruit. Well, I don't know. <laughs> he, he might have thought I, I, you know, I had like a heat gun, hair dryer, you know, you know I don't. hair dryer. Anyway, okay. um, uh, Thursday or Friday uh, night, I was doing some laundry and went out uh, before bed, and it's like, oh, these clothes aren't dry all the way. So I went to go start the dryer again, and it wouldn't start. Everything comes on, and so I'm going through my mind, and it never, I thought these were fairly new. These are like shiny, like my uh, blue snowball here, or my uh, chrome snowball, my microphone. They're shiny. They're Samsungs. I remember buying them. How excited I was the first time I bought new dryers. The normally washer and dryer either they're hand me downs or I find them on Craigslist. Sure, right? I get them for yeah. twenty five, fifty bucks. 
And when they don't run anymore, I get another set, right? I mean, I've never bought new. I was so excited about this. So when this dryer wouldn't work, it would turn on. Everything was normal. No error codes, no nothing, but it just wouldn't start. I'm like, this sucks. This is wrong. I'm so mad. This is a brand new set of washer and dryer. It might as well be. <clears throat> so I'm like, okay, so I got something to do this weekend. I got to tear it apart. So I did. I, I, oh, I, so then I get, I get to work. And I'm, I'm whining and complaining to Taz. So it was on Thursday night. Friday, I get to work. I'm whining and complaining to Taz. He's like, dude, do you know you've had those things for like almost 10 years? I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, before you started your podcast and your YouTube channel, you bought those. I remember when you bought those. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'm not so mad now. 10 years, that ain't bad for the dryer to take a dump. <clears throat> now, going through my mind of what is the problem, if everything acts like it wants to work, but it won't spin, there's only a few things it can be. The belts broke. Hmm. Um, one of the thermocouples, like there's a, a thermocouple that goes next to the motor. If it starts getting too hot, it'll pop that to mm-hmm. save the motor. There's a thermocouple mm-hmm. off of the off of the, the heat element. Mm-hmm. Or it might be the pulley or one of the wheels, the guide wheels. So, all right. So, Saturday came by and uh, Casey and I went and did our run bike thing. It gets to be evening time. I'm like, okay, well, let me start taking this thing apart. So it's getting dark. It's like seven o'clock at night. So as soon as I pull the top off the dryer, pull, I disconnect the dryer, pull it down in the garage, two screws on the back, slide the top off. There's the belt. I lift up on the belt and it's loose, but it's not broken. I'm like, okay, it's the pulley. It's the, the idler pulley tensioner, mm-hmm. right? It's a little arm that just like on your, on your serpentine belt on your car, mm-hmm. right? Same, same idea. It's like, well, this is good. So I start ripping this thing apart because, of course, you got to pretty much take it all apart to get to this thing. Of course. Yes. So it's 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 not that long. It's it's eight thirty nine o'clock. I get on Amazon. I'm like, all right, here's the thing. Am I going to go buy a new dryer? These parts they better not cost me a lot of money. I'm also thinking it's President's Day weekend <laughs> and there's sales everywhere. But no, no, no. I, I want to fix this thing. <clears throat> so sure enough, I look on there and it was the idler pulley. Once I got it all apart, the plastic wheel on the idler itself. Uh, they don't really have a bearing. They have a metal sleeve over a metal shaft. Yeah. And the plastic, the metal sleeve is embedded in the plastic. It just got stuck and the plastic got hot and melted and spun right off of there, basically. Why do they make these things out of plastic? I'll never know. But actually, no, I know why. So you have to buy a new machine every 10 years. No, it's so that if it's a critical failure, it breaks instead of breaking a bigger, more expensive There's many, I don't think Samsung is a cheap product and this is an inexpensive repair. So... Mm. But I also checked the guide wheels on it. I'm like, you know, these are, a couple of those are same thing. They're, you know, eh, maybe I'll just get some guide. Well, you know, I'm probably going to replace the belt. It's stretched. I remember smelling rubber, so I'm sure at one point it slipped and was, you know. Okay, so I get online on Amazon. I'm not kidding you. As soon as I put Samsung dryer, one of the things that popped up was belt replacement. I clicked on that. There's a upgrade kit with Mm -hmm. the four things I needed. The wheels, the idler pulley, a new belt, and a little spring that connects the idler on. Yeah. It's 29 bucks. How much? How much? Oh, yes. $29. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's great. For all of those. I'm like, oh, yes. And I said, well, I want to get this done this weekend because because I'm babysitting my landlord's house. I know that if I have to, I can do my laundry here and (laughs) run over to their house and use their dryer. But I didn't want to do that if I didn't have to. That's a pain in the butt. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to pay for the shipping and get it overnighted. So... Uh, this was Saturday, so sure enough, man. Yesterday or today? Yesterday was today's. No, yesterday. It's a 
I, I had a day off today. But yesterday, so I'm waiting for the prime truck, waiting for the prime truck. It shows up. I got my parts. Casey and I have already done our run jog. We've walked Danny. We've done all of our stuff, shopping, whatever we had to get done. It's like, all right, let me go put this thing back together. And as I walk into the garage, I'm looking at the drums over here. I took everything apart, that even stuff I didn't have to because I wanted to clean it all out because 10 years of dust and dirt and stuff is just built up in there. And there's dryer. Like, my garage just, like, vomited dryer parts. I'm like, uh-oh. I know I can put this back together. It's not that hard. However, I decided to take a picture, and I posted that today. And I was like, okay, I'll take a picture. I took the picture last night. I put it back together. It really didn't take that long. We tested it out with a... Uh, uh, load of Casey's laundry. It's <laughs> drying better than it has in a long time. I mean, it must have been slipping for quite a while. Mm. It didn't just happen. I think it's been going on for a while because yeah. I noticed sometimes you had to run it twice. It's because, you know, the drum's not spinning either at proper speed or, you know, it might get hot and stop spinning. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, it works amazingly. Well, today, like I said, I have this picture that I took of, of the dryer all over the garage. I'm kind of halfway put it back together. So I posted, oh, I hope Bob can help me put this thing back together. And I think Bob's in the picture. And I'm not kidding you. I had messages. Everybody say, dude, it's not that hard. You can do it, man. I have faith in you. If you need any help, give me a call. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Chris Kirshner, uh, um, oh, Adventures in DIY. He, 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 on my Instagram, he put, hey, man, this is great. But don't forget to take pictures along the process. I'm like, crap. So anyway, so what did I do? I repaired my dryer. Spent I spent the $10 in shipping plus the $30 in parts, 40 bucks. Saved me from spending another 800 on another new Samsung that was nice. It was on sale. It's the newer version. It was kind of neat. It had Bluetooth, but that's okay. I spent the 40 <laughs> bucks, fixed it myself, and it got me thinking, how many of us actually... Now, Phil, I can I already know for you and Tim, especially you, because you don't. You may not know how. You've never done it. You dive right in. You don't care. It's, it's you know, knowledge began. I fixed the dryer last year, exactly what you just did, except it was just the belt. Yeah. Hmm. Right, right. But how many people don't? I was just thinking about that. It's Most. Like, I'm usually the guy that my friends call when their dryers go out or their washer goes out, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just, it's another one of those things. It's like the maker community or, or DIY people, period. People that are more hands-on. And there's a lot of white-collar folks that I know that are DIY and hands-on. I'm not, it's not a, it's not a collar thing or a class thing, but there's just a lot of people that aren't mechanically inclined and they want nothing to do with it. But my thought was, I know a lot of makers, not a lot, but I know a handful of makers that are so good out in the shop and they never would have attempted the, a, a belt replacement on a dryer or a pulley like that because they, they they just don't get that you have the skill sets. You are, you're a maker. You can do these things. And uh, and I've showed a couple people. I get a call and, hey, man, can you come and help me with this? And I'll be like, yeah, but you're going to do it. You know, We'll do it together, but you're going to do it. And these are guys you know that are just so capable and, and gals, there's, there's a, a girl in San Francisco, Shannon, she doesn't listen to the podcast, but a few years back, same thing. She called me and said, hey, I will pay you if you'll come help me with my, my washing machine. I'm like, no, you won't pay me, but you'll feed me and you're going to do it with me. And, you know, a few years later, something went out on the dryer, the heating element or something. She called me and said, hey, I just fixed my dryer. I mean, it was, yeah, anyway, yeah it's the best. It was, yeah. So that's, best. that's what I was up to. That's what I was up to. I think a lot of people have these like sort of mental fences behind which they keep certain things that they dare not venture into. You know what I mean? I'm like, that way oh, with, I don't with, do plumbing uh, or I don't do whatever. I'm that way with CNC type stuff where I mm. just, I, that, that marriage of computer and tools, it's still a block to me. And I've repaired 
$100,000 CNC's before. I've actually pulled it apart and had to replace the ball screw and all kinds of stuff on these things. Mm. But I'm afraid to actually be the guy that goes in there and does the programming. And push start. So yeah. It's a weird thing. Mental huh. blocks. I, write that down, Tim. The mental block. Mental block. All right, I'll add it to the list. Mental Lincoln Logs. What about you, Tim? What have you been up to? That was an enjoyable story. Thank oh, you. thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Bill. Hmm. Um, uh, quite the, almost the antithesis of Bill's story. Uh, you broke and bought a new dryer. <laughs> I bought a dryer and smashed it to pieces. Just no, <laughs> no. I, um, <laughs> my, uh, I think we were talking about last week. My key truck was like running like garbage in the water, and the, and I was like looking. I was you know it's obviously something electrical was getting wet, narking, and I, I couldn't find it. But also it was in the middle of a snowstorm in the dark. You know, then I go and so I, my mechanic guy, I call him up and like, I know it's cap, the wires, it's the spark plug. It's, you know, I know it's some of that stuff, but I, I just, I was like, I'm going to let them do it. They've got the tools. Like it, the spark plugs, you can't really, I don't have any kind of wrench that can get at them. I mean, you need like a specialty tool because of the engines under the bed and stuff. It's kind of hard to get at this stuff. And I couldn't really see it. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to take these guys. They have a lift. They'll figure it out. So sure enough, put it on the lift. Um, and he's like, yeah, he's like, I, he saw it when it was up in the lift on the underside of the the distributor cap there's a crack so you know he took that off and the rotor had some rust on it and stuff he's like yeah you need a new cap and rotor i thought we'd replace it when i bought the truck but we didn't um so i ordered the kit i had it delivered gave it to him and i said do it <laughs> yeah. and i and you i say had, it like that or were you nice uh i said i said do it 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 <laughs> um and i paid him to do it because <laughs> sometimes because otherwise he wouldn't do it. Do it. Right, 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 it. right. I mean, like I could have, I could have done it myself. Um, maybe not the spark plugs. Like I said, because I need that especially wrench. And and he also noticed that my valve cover uh, gasket was a little leaky. Um, which so there's like he was like, you know, while we're at it, we should just replace this valve cover gasket. I'm like, yeah, okay, okay great, do it. You know, and uh, like I I spent s so much of my life like fixing broken dryers, metaphorically speaking, and and literally speaking. Um, and I, and, you know, cause you know me, I want to save everything. Uh, but mm -hmm. I, I'm at a point right now where I am so busy. It's the first time ever in my life where I've actually like, I could afford to pay someone to do it because I'm busy doing things that pay more probably. You know what I mean? Like to where right, that's, that's the trade off is you, you can afford to do that because you can't afford not to do the work you're doing. Right. right. Like, like I just had a it water cost you more money. Right. I just had a hot right. water heater put in a few weeks ago and actually it was under warranty. So it was like basically nothing to put it in, which is incredible. Um, but uh, I, I could have figured it out. It's like four pipes, you know. It's like I could have done it. Mm. I could have gotten the old one out. That's but where it would But it would have taken me for it would have taken me days, and we would have had no hot water for days. These guys came in in four hours. You know what I mean? And they knocked it out. And yeah. It's like and so like there's sometimes there's that line. But what I have that that Bill doesn't have is we found this guy a couple years ago. It was some appliance. It was our dryer actually. Our dryer wasn't heating up, and it ended up being a thermal coupler. Um, and so we, we had this guy, I think it was recommended to us. I don't remember how we found him, but he's just a handyman, small, 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 you know, appliance repairman guy. And, uh, and he, he came over and it was right around the time I built that Lego cabinet for Vance. It was years ago. And I built him this like wooden Lego cabinet. And, um, and he came in and he, and he saw the problem was give us his prices were reasonable. He was, he was a nice guy. And he saw the Lego cabinet. And he's like, that's really cool. And I was like, yeah, I just built one for my son. He's like, my son would love that. He's like, could you make? And so we ended up doing like a trade where I like I made him a Lego cabinet because he's like, he's like, well, you know, what? 
I have a little bit of a wood shop at home, but I'm not really, it would take me for, forever, you know what I mean? It would take too long, and, you know, and it, like the exact opposite of me, right? Whereas he can pop the dryer open with confidence. Um, and so now, because, it, like, now whenever we have something go wrong with one of our appliances, we call him, and he comes in, and he can tell us within minutes whether it's worth even bothering trying to repair it if it's just time to get a new one, you know? Mm-hmm. So if it's something I can't figure out on my own or I'm, I'm busy, it's like, we got this guy. And that's like, it sounds like that's who you are, Bill, for some people. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I like to think I know a whole lot or a whole, a little bit about a lot of things, a little bit about right? A lot, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, but I have, I, like I haven't found us, an no? appliance that I couldn't figure out yet. Yeah. You know, well, I, you, know you hand me a broken guitar and I'm like, yeah, I'll just grab a screwdriver and start digging in. I'm like, no fear because I understand guitars. Right, right. You know, but cars, right. like I'm not, I'm just not that good with cars. Like I understand them, but like, I'm not. Like, I don't know. It's one of these wires. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Where's <Yeah>. my mechanic? <laughs> With, I mean, the there's, there's some things yeah. where even if you don't have the skill set to actually work on things, you still need the skill set to... You need to know when... And, when to call the guy. it's funny because... Yeah. Well, you need to know to call the guy. You need to know... And you also need to be... Or I think you should be. You should learn enough about it, even if you're not going to do the work, to make sure that the guy, the gal, whoever is right. going to try and screw you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because, right? I mean, that happens all too often. And uh, in my case, where I've I've had to uh, oversee like construction projects and, and stuff for places that I've worked, I know enough to where if somebody comes in and says, "Oh yeah, we're gonna you know we're gonna have to take out this wall and add this one, and it's gonna be ten thousand dollars." I'm like, I don't want it gold plated, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, I know that's just that's no, that's not, or at least I won't say anything because I've got bids coming in. And I'm like, well, we're not going with this guy because he's already trying to, you know jack up the price yeah, yeah but i mean so just having that knowledge if somebody comes out to your house if they tell you well you need you need a brand new dryer he better explain why because yeah. the most expensive part in the dryer usually now is the is the computer board right and that may be 150 200 bucks at most so compared to i don't know how long they think it takes i don't know again it's just like i would have somebody come out to my house and if they said yeah you need a brand new dryer because the motor shot this went out because this happened in the motor shot i'm okay yeah that makes sense but they say oh yeah the thermal couple that's we're just gonna have to get you a new one or it's going to be 700 dollars mm-hmm. to fix it so you know well, nah. I, I remember right. the, the 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 last time this guy was out it's our stove the um the light in the oven doesn't turn on anymore and um and, you know, the pilot light or the electric it's, it's electric stove. So it's just a light bulb. So just a light bulb. Power okay. And so you know, I go in, I try changing the bulb. It's not that. You know, and I I'm messing around. I can't figure out. I can't figure out why this light bulb won't work. And um, and so we call him, and he comes over. He sees the the make and model of it. He goes, oh, he's like, well, it's actually it's actually a bigger problem than you think because there's a circuit board in here and it's involved in that. And so you'd have to replace this whole motherboard, just like Bill was saying. That's what reminded me of it. Um, and he's like, he's like, for this stove, he's like. It's probably not worth it because of the age of the stove. However, uh, I would not recommend getting a new stove because the newer ones are even worse. <laughs> you know? So he was like, he and he was like, and Stop if you cooking your food, and he was like, if you if you replace this board, <laughs> all the replacement boards, you're just gonna have the same problem. Maybe the last six months, maybe the last six years, who knows? But the same problem's gonna happen. You're gonna sp- give me a whole bunch of money, and then in another year, you're not gonna have any lights that work. He's like, did so, he happen to have a used one in good condition that he sold you? No, he just said he didn't take any money from us. He just he was just like so. Just use a flashlight. He was like, just don't don't do anything. That's the you kind of repair. Don't cook gun. food. Just eat it raw. You well, don't no, need an oven. You don't need a light. <laughs> just open the oven. You you don't want to open the oven and look because you're letting heat out, right? But so that's the idea of the light. But it's just like just don't use a light. So we we just don't have a light in our oven anymore. I don't know how you survive. It's, it's I use like the, the light it's in my like oven the all dark the time. ages, literally. 
Well, you know what? Literally. Okay. Stop using it, and you'll see that you'll be able to survive. <laughs> I Honestly, I don't think I've ever turned it on. Like, I don't need to spectate my food being cooked. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, there are reasons. If you're, like, a serious cook, when, like, if you're, like, baking and you're making, like, flans and stuff, you can't open the oven because it'll mess it all up, right? Like, but for the yeah. kind of cooking we do, it's like, yeah, whatever, you know. I'm really more of an amateur flan maker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I don't really take it that seriously. Bef- uh, I did want to say one thing, though, that was actually about what I'm up to is um, uh, Jeff from Narwhal Labs was at my shop today. Yeah, Always I, bragging. I, no. <laughs> because um, a few months ago, they were posting pictures in their Instagram story that they were making micarta with uh, fabric. And like I think it was like denim and stuff. And they, what they did is they three D printed um, a mold that had like bumps in it. And so then they and then they did the micarta, which is you know for those of you who don't know, it's like basically layers of, of material and epoxy, like usually paper. Or I call it material plywood material. Yeah, it's basically plywood made out of paper. Fabric, fabric plywood, yeah. Right, but it's I mean it's the epoxy that's really the. It's almost you know that's that's the the meat of it. Um, and so you just you know layer after layer of the stuff. You apply pressure. You let it you know let it sit. Uh, but so they did it on top of this mold that had these bumps in it, um, and that gave it like a micarta, uh, uh, almost like a Damascus kind of look. So they were calling it like Damascus micarta. Um, and I just saw this little block of it that they had made, and I was like, oh my god, that's wicked cool. And so I just texted Jeff. I'm like, can can you do that in the length of like a guitar fingerboard? And he was like, not only can I do that, he's like, let's do it at your shop. And so he printed out. He's such a nice guy. He, pr- <laughs> he printed out the uh, the molds on his 3D printer because he's better at that stuff than me. And and he brought all this stuff down to my shop today, and we so we were filming a little video, you know, for Narwhal, um, and uh, and we've got it all glued up, and I'm gonna let it sit because it's a little cold in my shop. I probably won't open it tomorrow. I'll probably wait another day. Um, but so we got this, and I'm gonna cut a fingerboard out of it. Sick. That's really yeah. cool. So it's all cotton and epoxy. Like he he brought three. He even cut all the cotton strips of like he he got some materials like black, white, and uh, lime green, black, white, and one other color. He thought everything through. Like, Hey, I, I got um I got a question for you, Tim. I thought about this when I saw you posted a picture of doing the uh, valleyed fretboard. Yes, the scallops. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, is there a is there um is there a material or a medium that you could use to CNC cut a fretboard without putting frets on it? So, in other words, a CNC like aluminum. Could you cut it to where you could actually make frets? I did that on the uh, Corian bass guitar that I made. Oh, did you? Okay. Because so that was, there was no actual frets. It was just you cut the frets out of the existing material of right. the fretboard. So I carved the frets out of the Corian. Uh, and of course, all the comments are like, that's going to wear away. It's like, it's an art piece. Get over it. Like, of course, it's going to wear away. It's cool. Right, right. <laughs> you know? but, and, but I did that. The reason I did it was it was a step towards I would like to do that with an aluminum one someday. Uh, and again, the aluminum would probably wear away too eventually, but... but you know, whatever. Is there, but that's what I was saying. Is there a yeah. material that would be hard enough to last? Because once once it wears out, your whole your whole neck is done. Um, yeah, I mean, with a traditional guitar, the frets are made of like a you know, like, uh, nickel, a nickel composite yeah. usually. Um, right, right. And they're pretty hard. You know, nowadays some people are using stainless steel. Um, and the idea is, though, if they wear out, you can you can pull them out and put new ones in. You know. I wonder if you could hire like a machine shop. Oh, you could do, do it actually. Stainless would 100% would last forever, you know. Forever. Well, that would be not forever, that would be an amazing build if you had a, a stainless steel fretboard with the frets built in. You know what I mean? Sick. That would be awesome. It would be uh <laughs> Sorry, Phil. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, I was thinking you'd have to probably stamp that. Uh well, there are CNC's like metal CNC's, right? Metal cutting for stainless. Yeah. 
uh, mills, you know, five axes. I mean, you would have to find the guy with the right tool. I mean, I could draw the file, but, and I could cut it out of other materials that wouldn't last as long. I could do aluminum and stuff, but I don't think I could do Yeah, there's to- like stainless. Tony Rouleau probably has a machine at his job that would cut it. Yeah, probably. Probably. Let's get him on the horn. Yep. All right, pause. <laughs> Philium, how about you? Um, I was spent some time in the shop uh, this week, but um, actually wasn't even wasn't even for me. It was um, my daughter Emmy has fallen in love with making things out of wood, uh, various toys, uh, and things like that. We so, but I don't know. We made a tiny little house, and we did all kinds of like little uh, trim work on it, so that'd be really nice. So she got a chance to use the air nailer. She got a chance to use the bandsaw. Um, we made a, um, a bench hook so that she could use a handsaw and cut straight or whatever perpendicular lines. Uh, it was a lot of fun. She made a pizza Just peel. so you know, seriously, my heart is fluttering right now. I think this is just <laughs> know, awesome. Beyond awesome. Just, it's the best like, age. My two boys could care less. Yeah. My daughter, <laughs> super into it. Like, that's all she wants is, Daddy, when can we make something? Daddy, I want to make something. Daddy, I want to make something. I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. You're sucking the joy out of this, Emmy. Let me just... We made three things today. Okay, you're setting the bar a little high. It's a factory. High. Yeah. She's like, what's the next thing we're making? I was like, what do you want to make? I want to make a giant heart that says, I love you, mummy. I was like, well, then maybe mummy wants to go in the garage with you. But wrong answer. Um, I didn't have enough wood to make that anyway. But uh, we're, we'll make something else next week. And she, like, she doesn't want to make anything girly, which I loved. I was like, do you want to make a jewelry box? And she gives me this look like, I want to make a jewelry box, daddy. So it's uh, it's nice that she well, wants turn, to just make turn that into that a toolbox. Whiskey make box. her her own toolbox. Get her making whiskey boxes. Go open up your Etsy store, buddy. That's that's the dream. Put her to work. I have my daughter making whiskey boxes. <laughs> uh, she just likes to like make random things. Like she was like, "Can we make a shovel?" And because she's into this game called Card Life, which is kind of like Minecraft, but instead of whatever blocks, everything is made out of cardboard. So it's like this really really cool aesthetic. Tim, you would actually really like that it just from an awesome. art perspective. Yeah. It's like it's all like 3D but two-dimensional cardboard. Everything yeah. in the game is made out of you, the animals, the tools you make, the ground, the landscape, the clouds, the sky, everything. It's really it's cool. Um yeah. so she wanted to make one some of the tools from this game that you use. One of them is a shovel. It'll end up looking like a miniature pizza peel. So yeah. then she starts going around with like paper and making pizzas and then she'd take this thing and she'd scoop up the pizzas and here you go daddy, here's a pizza. It was actually really really cute. Um and so that's one thing. And then the other thing I've been working on is I sent you guys a picture. I mean, um, working on my electronics bench. And today I picked up an oscilloscope. And I'm super excited about that because it means that it's one step closer to fixing this Commodore 64. Because you got to go basically like chip by chip to see which is the defective uh, microchip. So you're, a, you're able to get a close-up look at oscils? Exactly. No, you figured it out. Um, yeah, sort of. You know what an oscilloscope is. But for anybody who doesn't know what an oscilloscope is, it's, it's um, well, to oscillate means to vibrate. So you're essentially looking at frequencies. You're looking at changes in voltages over time. And so you're able to see, um, based on the schematic of the circuit board, you'd put your probe, which is just basically a pointy metal stick connected to the device, onto, let's say, a leg of a microchip, and you're expecting a certain behavior, and then it shows you what's going on. So if you were expecting, like, I don't know, a square wave, a square wave, which is a pattern, just basically looks like an up and down rectangle, and then another one, and then another one. 
but like instead, if you're just getting like what looks like a like a waveform, like a music waveform, hmm. this thing's fried. So it's a it's a it's a diagnostic tool, but it's a lot of fun. I've never really used one before, but I've watched obviously a million videos about them, so I'm an a pseudo expert on the subject. <laughs> uh, now, is that is that technology like no more? Do we still use oscilloscopes? I mean, I know oh, yeah. what it is as far as the machine, but we still use them. Yes, they're very much. But the one I have is from like, like probably from a school, like an electronics school right, out right. of the early '90s. Like mm, now yeah. they're super thin and digital, and like they right, measure up to 2.5 gigahertz. Mine measures. Hundred megahertz. It's probably like an iPad app now or something. You just you know plug your stylus into them, it. They have them, but yeah, they have them, but they're still like they're lab machines. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. Uh, they're, you haven't been replaced by an app on your phone. They're still like serious testing. But then there's all kinds of things that go with it, like a function generator, which you sort of like helps you um, create a signal and then match it up against the one that you're really looking for. So you're like, it should look like this, and then. If you've oh, got multi-channel, so, you can layer them on top of each other to make gotcha. sure. But so anyways, you can look at more than one next to each other and see which one's out of sync or phase or whatever. And yeah, yeah. so mine is a two-channel, and I uh, there was a four-channel I had my eyeballs on, but apparently, anyways, funny story really because apparently since the lockdown, normally this guy who I met a couple of times on Craigslist and now Facebook Marketplace, he has basically a warehouse full of off-lease computers, off-lease um, scientific equipment, like just like to the ceiling piled with like legacy equipment. Hmm. And um, and I bumped into him here and there. This was the second time maybe in the last six years that I went to go visit him because he posted that he had an oscilloscope. And I figured this guy has everything. He had none left. And, wow. he, and he goes, since the lockdown, uh, the government won't let anybody sell old testing equipment for whatever reason. So like a school can't, or like a, like a whatever, a science lab can't get rid of their old stuff to bring in new stuff. So he's got no inventory and it's like a pretty annoying drive. It was like 20 minutes there and back to go there on my lunch hour. It was pretty annoying. Um, but so I went and I just, I found somebody on Kijiji today. You know, you so work it's not for that yourself. they won't let them do it. It's yeah. more that they're, they're not allowing people, nobody's in school right now. No, everyone's in school. Oh. University, no, but elementary and high school, yes. But for whatever reason, there seems to be a moratorium on liquidating, like, on liquidating government or university equipment right now. I don't know. Huh. I mean, well, they're just preparing for the fact there might not be any more money in the future for school. Yeah, I don't know about that. But, you know, you, you realize that you work for yourself, so, like, you don't have a lunch hour. You can just go whenever you want. Which I did after getting permission, but no, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> no, just I have a busy day. I didn't want to go there for nothing. Yeah, uh, well, I understand that, but it was just funny. It was just funny yeah. to hear you like still with the cubicle mentality of like, "Oh, it was my lunch hour, so I had to." You well, know. you know, so I do. I try to like I try to eat every day at the same time, not just for work pacing, but also just for it's good for your metabolism to like not eat at eleven one day and then two another day. Just to keep a good rhythm of your, you know, your body cycle. Yeah. I don't know. Don't look at me like that. No, I, I try uh, to keep regular hours too, but I just don't think of it like, like that. You know, like, I don't stop to eat. I just eat while I'm working. Like, you know, I eat at my desk. Yeah, that to each his own. To each yeah. his own. No, Phil's wrong, and I'm right. I get Again. what you're saying. How the the, the pattern and the and the routine is important. But yeah. Some people also don't keep need in it. mind. I'm not. Um, you know, I, I've only been sort of working myself for what, like a year, year and a half. You know, old habits, right? Right, I you know I I um 
my goal is to always kind of, you know, be to the shop by 9 a.m. I try to do 9 to 5 because 9 to 5 is novel to me because I never worked 9 to 5, you know. Hmm. Um, and, you know, but especially this winter, you know, when it's, it's every winter, but this winter too with COVID winter, man, it is tough for me to get out of bed <laughs> and to like function. And I just, you know, I have all this work to do. I'm kind of behind, but I'm just like, ah, like, why do I really need to be here at 9? And then it's like 9.30 and then I'm mad at myself for not being there at 9. And it's like the same thing. Yeah. It's just like these stupid constructs that I built for myself. Yeah. You know, it's, you know what's funny is Casey's got a nine to five now, for the most part. I mean, yeah. she's not home yet because it's getting. There's times at the accounting office when there there's going to be overtime because they're getting prepping for tax season. Anyway, yeah. but like this weekend, she's like, "Where does the time go? Weekends just don't last long enough." And I'm just laughing to myself because she never said that before because she didn't have a nine to five. She always mm. she had a business, so she might have four days off in a row, or she might work from home for a couple of days. I mean, it's, but now that she's got this routine going down, she's like. The weekends just fly by, and I've been saying that forever, right? I'm right. Like, yeah, yeah, there's not enough time in the, in the weekend. And I just laugh and said, tee, he, 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 he. Yeah, honey, <laughs> there's not enough time like in the you now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love it. That's funny. Luckily, I have my gaggle of children to make sure that I'm up at, you know, quarter past six every day, so that's fun. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything else I did? No, that's fine. Let's move on. Okay. Um, we are here to talk about... Workbenches, workbenches, workbenches. Work yeah. Benches? So we're talking about workbenches. Work benches. Yeah, we're talking about workbenches. Um, okay. So I'm going to preface this by uh, last week it was a maybe that I would be moving my shop to the basement. Now it's like a most likely. Yeah. So I'm thinking that uh, moving into the basement will give me an opportunity to probably build a new workbench. Like, I like mine, but I think my skill set has come a ways since I made that one. Um, like, it's not hard to build a workbench. It's hard to build one that's nice. So mine is solid and stout, but, like, I had to shim it. And, like, at the end, with the mortise and tenons, I just drove, like, you know, 8-inch lag bolts through them just to make sure that they would stay tight and all this stuff. So, like, <laughs> you know... And, and now I've had an opportunity to use it for many years. And, you know, what would I like different or better or new or whatever the case may be. So it's an opportunity to do that. Um, I probably would stick with the Rubo because I was looking also at, like, the Nicholson or whatever. And I was also looking at the Moravian. But I think I probably would stick with the Rubo. But I would make it bigger and I would add drawers. The shelf underneath just gets cluttered with all kinds of nonsense so what's what's the kind that has like uh it's like um it's almost like a cubby a giant cubby it's a plywood top plywood bottom and then like holes around it oh that's the inside the polk polk the polk what about some kind of a smaller version like that 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 to me like getting it down to the basement you're not having this heavy thing it seems like you're moving away a little bit from not a lot but a little bit from woodworking and heavier stuff where you're, you're, you're doing more electronics right i think it's a supplement to it um the thing is with the lighter one, because I still really like the hand tools, and I think being in the basement and not knowing how well I'm actually going to be able to soundproof, I probably would lean in further to the hand tools side of things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and for hand tools, you really do need a big, heavy thing. And I find that the, and maybe I'm wrong, but my impression of the, uh, uh, the Polk, Polk uh, workbench is that it's, it's 
basically a plywood torsion box, right? So yeah. it's not super heavy. Yeah, it's 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 more of a lightweight. Yeah, it's more for like work bench. holding, right? It's amazing. What, what for if like you took your holding. big old fat beefy monstrous Rubo top and and put a Polk frame underneath it? The the Polk thing really is the top. Not, yeah, but it, but he means like have it's like that additional shelf that's all underneath for putting your tools on. Uh, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Not I don't I don't love that design for me. I think it's great like for certain applications. For me, like I and I probably would have a workbench that would be up against the wall facing a tool wall. Um, and I would make a bigger Rubo because mine is is a little small. And then I'd probably have like an outfeed table. Now I use my Rubo as the outfeed, but I would change right. things. I'd probably chop down my table saw a little bit. I don't need the fifty three inches or whatever wide. Um, I would likely chop off the the wing where I keep the uh, the router table, and that way I could flush it up against the bed, and then you know use the uh, use the tracks off. I need to break down bigger things, but I think my project sizes would get smaller. And and one of the challenges of a basement is that I think my basement has seven foot ceilings. Yeah. And to yeah. be able to bring in material in and out of that basement. What, I was going to say, what's your entry point? You just have a basement door, like a, or, or no? I, I have to like I got to go through the house, right? So oh, there's no exterior entry. Nope. Oh, it's a room in the basement, so I've got to yeah. go through the house. So you got to bring move. your table saw through your kitchen and down the basement stairs. Yes, and I'm going to have to take it apart. Yeah. Oh, obviously. Yeah. 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 Into many. This is parts. interesting. I think I think it's cool, but it's yeah. interesting. That changes everything because yeah, now that means every time you get a new two by four, you got to bring it through the house. Well, do you have a yep. window that you could you could rig up like a little slide through? Any basement windows? I mean, there are windows in there, but not that kind. They're the kind that where you crank it and it sort of like pivots out. Right, but what if you? Because like seriously, if you if you're talking about bringing lumber in and out of your basement, you have to go through the house and down the stairs. It might be worth popping one of those windows out and building something that can just be removed, so you can slide stuff in and out a like shoot. a coal chute. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. That's interesting. I was also thinking about adapting one of the windows for like a I, here, here would be my suggestion well, before for you move your table saw down there because that's the biggest tool you have, right? Yeah. Well, bandsaw, dust collector. Table saw is the biggest tool. Press. Yeah. Well, yeah, table saw okay, is the biggest tool. Yeah. What I'm saying is before yeah. you move those big Join tools yourself. down there, get your bench down there set up and then see what you really want to have down there because mm. you can trade in your table saw do a Pinsky I'll sell it for more money and pretty it up and get a little one and get a contractor saw that yeah. you can do whatever you need to cut you can do that outside you that little DeWalt contractor saw is a great saw you know yeah um, what I'm saying is, is that see what you really really need because if you find it's like you know what I wish I had my table saw but because I don't I'm making these things now and I'm happy you, you might just say, you know what, I'll, I'll have a smaller table saw and leave it out. So just try it for a couple of weeks, even, and without the, moving I'll, all that stuff down there. And alternatively, uh, you might even think about, I mean, I don't know what your plan, I, I'm assuming your plans are to get cars in your garage. Yeah. But what if you, I mean, could you potentially leave the table saw in the garage so you just do your big cuts there, like your table saw and your jointer, like in the garage, so you're rough there, and then you go downstairs to be a woodworker. Like, you know what I mean? Like a milling station and a woodworking station. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. The thing is also, a lot of this is coming from my wife. She doesn't really love the sawdust that's been in there for a decade. Oh, so. wait till it's in the basement. <laughs> She's going to love that. Well, no, she doesn't the, ever go in the basement, though, right? Uh, she may or may not go. In, well, for sure she does. That's where the kids play a lot. But the point is that room would essentially be sealed off. Like, there'd be a room inside of a room. 
Hmm. Um, yeah, I, really, I think the jointer would be easy enough to have down there, but your yeah. but your bigger items. See if you actually use them enough, or or if you can if it, you don't mind. Because the, the table saw, although it's the heart of so many shops, you know how many people make do without one, or they make do with with wanna. again. If you had to leave, do all your cuts somewhere else. Again, if you had a smaller contractor saw, I don't know. Do you do you, man? But you're making me cry here. I I love this saw. Like I have to yeah. tell you, I've used, I've used the uh, the sh- whatever the what do they call them? The, the job site saws. I've used the contractor saws. I love this. Yeah, no, I I hear you. It's tough to you know, how, tough how, to how go much? back after you've used like a real Beesmeyer and like a yeah a cast iron top and you know and the motors inside and there's great dust collection. Yeah, no, I. That's I hear also you. the thing too. I've got to make sure the dust collection is like tip top. There's no garage door to open here and then use my leaf <laughs> yeah. blower to blow out all the dust. Like this yeah. thing's got to be clean. Yeah. How big is the space? Bigger than what you have now? No. No. It's gonna end up being like probably twelve by okay, twelve. Okay. Here's here's a solution to all your ills. Let me ask you this: Would you be doing this if it were up to you? No. Okay. So, and the issue is, the issue is uh, dust collection, right? Well, there's also the fact that my wife can't park her car in the garage because we do need space for the kids' stuff. I'm taking up a complete okay. side of the garage. What if you invested some has... good money into an actual carport in front of your house? Well, he's got, what does that mean? He's got neighborhood associations. Carport won't survive Canada. Uh, like yes. a tempo? It's like that yeah, no, thing. No, that's, it's like a covered, like a tem- a covered yeah, it's illegal. It's illegal yeah. where I am. Yeah, he's got do people things. do that for their RVs on the side of the house? There's no parking RVs. I've yet to see one. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Okay, no. I, okay, that changed. <laughs> yeah. But that's my first thought was then yeah. make her a space that is covered, that she doesn't have to worry about dust and snow. But what no. what happened that, to your building a shed ideas? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was going to be the plan, but then we built an ice rink, and we like the ice rink, and uh, mm. and so now there's no place to put a shed. Gotcha. I think you need to move. Yeah, it's the only logical choice. Yeah, it's the only. I tell you, I some of this like I was thinking about. It, I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't need to be a woodworker anymore. Maybe I'll dive into something else. And, like, or you I could, entertain you that could specialize in hand hand tools. Like I said, the the only issue I can see having in an enclosed basement where you only have one access point. I I just think that you are going to and, th- and again i'm just speaking you do you because it mm-hmm. may not be you're like i don't care if she mm-hmm. wants me to be in the basement i'm going to drag my sheet goods down through the kitchen you know whatever right yeah. but i'm saying i think what you're going to end up doing is you're going to end up doing more fine detailed work Small. where you don't use these yeah. big giant machines you're gonna you're gonna you're find gonna yourself being a, using being hand a, tools and getting into it Right, you're gonna just you're gonna be making small things with hand planes. You're not gonna want to fire up these tools. You're not gonna want to clean up after them. You're gonna end up having shavings instead of sawdust. There's no way you're gonna be able to soundproof enough to where it's 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 like it's, so. Le- okay, so let's talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Can you soundproof a room, the walls and the ceiling when it's in the basement, so that the noise would be tolerable from a dust collector and a table saw? Well, I would say yes. People do it all the time because they make sound studios. They, yeah, you know, I'm in one right now. Right? I have insulation in, in the uh, drop ceilings that make my ceiling even lower than seven feet uh, with insulation. And, uh, of course, if I'm banging on the drums, you can hear them upstairs, but it's not deafening. You know, Would, would someone be like, ugh, geez, could he just stop because it's so annoying? 
Um, Let me yeah, ask you: probably. Would your wife say, "Ugh, would you please stop because it's so annoying"? Yeah, probably. I mean, but what what yeah. what is this room under? Is it under a bedroom or is it under a kitchen? You know what I mean? It's under the the den, which wouldn't get used at night. My wife watches in bed, and the kids yeah, are asleep. and the kids are and so you're, the kids are up a whole floor above you. Above that, yeah. there's a floor in between. You'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, you'll be able to. You're not gonna be able to run your planer because you can't run your planer anywhere without waking up the neighborhood. But <laughs> that's the problem. Also, it's like do I find me, I do never me a favor, use the Phil. planer. Yeah. Hook up this hook up this basement workshop, but don't move your table saw, your big band saw, and your joiner, and and whatever else is loud, big machines. Move your just your drill store press them your out of the tools. way for now, yeah. right? And see how yeah. you like that because yeah. again, like, I think yeah, you might find that down. I don't mind. Yeah. And yeah. if you have access to them anyway, if you still keep your table saw, is it? Can you move it? Is it portable? I mean, technically. Well, technically, what isn't portable? What do you mean by that? Well, you could put it on. Well, I mean, does it have, like, wheels. I have wheels on my. I love, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yes, about. I have a mobile base on it. Yeah. Okay, so you can move it. You can store it. You can not. Just try that. Just give it a test drive. It's like, let me see how long I can live without it. You'll be down there in a week, and you might decide, nope, screw that. My table saw is coming down. I, I can't live without it. Or <laughs> yeah. you might go, okay, maybe I'll try another week. Or maybe I'll try another week. You know what I mean? See, see where it goes, because you might decide that you... You can, on that one occasion where you need to cut some sheet good or do some biz miring or whatever it is you're going to do, mm-hmm, you still have it. Pull it out in the driveway when the weather's nice and do your yeah. thing out there once in a while. But for the most part, you've got this really nice hand tool workshop with your electronics. Everything can be down there and they can get along well. And there's no sawdust because you're only creating shavings. Or if there is sawdust, it's because you're using a handsaw and you can mm-hmm. pick it up with a little Black & Decker you know, thing. Yeah, dust buster. I mean, it's an interesting thought. I just, I, I don't, like, I, I like hybrid, meaning I use power tools and um, hand tools. Spags, I talked to Spags recently, and he says no matter what you decide, he's still going to like you a little bit. So it's okay. It's not something he would say. Um, yeah, I just, I can't see myself not using a table saw, and I really feel like it would be a huge shame to go back to a job site after this. And I don't want to sound snobby. I'm not, well, I'm not uh, saying get rid this. of it. I'm just saying make it to where you use it. You have to go outside. You, you go upstairs. There is no outside. Oh, you don't understand. This is Montreal. Five months out of the year, outside is not a thing. Right. But how long have you... Okay, let me ask you this again. Have you spent more than five months ever when you just couldn't work in the garage because you were busy? What do you mean? In other words, if you're... Maybe you just don't make stuff during... Make the kinds of things you need the table saw for during the wintertime. Oh, no, I, I do. I mean, I was just out there all weekend with Emmy. Okay. Well, teach Emmy how to use a hand plane. <laughs> you know that hand plane and tables are not interchangeable, right? No, you teach her how to rip with well, a hand you, I could work. I could wire it up. <laughs> I bet. I bet you could. Anyways, I think this is going to be an ongoing conversation. What about you guys as far as workbenches? I want to hear about it. Let's hear about your, uh, about your YouTube guy. Oh, yes. Oh, I got, I got a guy that was saying... Uh, uh, my workbench, my my Harbor Freight that I redid it, and it was funny. Uh, his his thing was, yeah, the table looks good, but you basically tore apart your other workbench just to make props. In other words, the table that I built is just because I wanted something to look at and it's shiny, or like a prop. I'm like, no, actually, it was a functioning workbench that I made into a better looking, more solid, stable functioning workbench. And um, I, I haven't answered that comment, but it. 
but one thing is is uh, he must not have watched the video because I explained that when I was taking apart my old workbench, it would have been the third or fourth time that I've actually started with one bench that I found, redid it, took it apart, changed the shape, made it a little smaller, redid it, took it apart, changed the shape, and then this last time I took it apart and used a lot of that to beef up this Harbor Freight bench. Um, I had too big of a work shop table, work table in my garage. I thought it was nice, but it wasn't. And I'm finding that this little one I have now, it stores way less crap on top of it. So that's a good thing. And I like that size. So as far as like what workbench should you have in your shop, I think it needs to be size appropriate. You know, mm. If you've got Tim Sway space, have a big oh, old nice. workbench. Mm. <clears throat> but so I don't know. There's no specific kind. We talked about the Polk, I guess. I like that as a workbench because I... Because I destroy my workbenches, I screw into them. I, I, you know, I'll I'll use it for a to cut sheet goods on top, knowing I'm going to get a little tiny score across the whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't done that to this one yet because it's still pretty, but mm. I, I like the idea of a pulk bench. So I think if I were going to do, if I was actually going to build one for my shop, it would be size appropriate in a pulk style. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd actually be kind of fun to see, like a little mini pulk, you know, like a yeah. Yeah, that'd be kind of cute. Well, that's why I was hoping to get Phil to do it, see if I like it or not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. some work. <laughs> Maybe I'll do it for the outfeed. Yeah. Yeah, glue up table, you know. Tim, weren't you just saying that you were ready to uh, maybe downsize your workbench a little bit? Right. Well, that's kind of that's kind of where the topic came from, too, because I've been thinking about it as well, that, you know, I built, when I first built my shop, I built a workbench that was bigger than, like, this room I'm in. You know, it was... Uh, <laughs> Like but was, you were building couches and refrigerators and well, I just because I ne I never had that kind of space, and so I it was literally t over twelve feet long by uh, about six feet wide, you know, like it was like the size of a studio apartment, you know, <laughs> and then it, <laughs> and it was just like my everything bench, and uh, and then I decided I wanted to have more floor space, and I didn't need that big of a ridiculous bench, so I kind of downsized, and it's like an S shape now that sort of wraps around my shop, and I have more like stuff against the walls, like sort of side benches. And so, but since my work has become pretty specialized now and I'm basically just making guitars, um, like I find like the, even the, even the size bench I have now is maybe too big. And so what I've been thinking about doing is, um, you know, like it, it's sort of like an S shape. So part of it is behind my table. saw is like an outfeed table. And then there's like this long skinny part that's sort of like utilitarian space. And then it, goes off in the other leg of the s and that's where i have like my mini proper woodworking bench like it's a, a piece of bowling alley table with a vice on it sitting on top of my you know sort of all-purpose bench and then there's like you know space to the side and i have like guitar stations and stuff but what i was thinking would be kind of interesting to do is to chop that all up and like leave the outfeed table as just sort of general purpose um you know rough space you know for like stacking stuff and gluing stuff and outfeed but then having uh, bench is more like the size of the one that you just built, Bill, like about two foot by four foot type sizes. Doing, doing a bunch of little benches like that, but having them all on mobile bases. Having like like three or four of them so they can kind of lock together and be like one big bench, or they can kind of come apart. Because I'm thinking about like when I'm working on a guitar, um, a lot of times like I'll be working on it and I'll glue it up and clamp it, and then now it's in the way right or i have to go put it somewhere else or slide it over and so i'm like well if each one of these is like a guitar station i could actually like roll them around the room and they could be like you know this is like the glue up station and this is like the sanding one you know and this is the mm. one that i do like right i already have the one that i work on from like my electronics and stuff 
and I have like, you know, the setup that I have when I'm doing fret work. Well, why not, like, I have the tools are over here, and then I have to get them all and collect them and bring them over there, and then work on this big bench, and then put all the tools away. So, like, what if each one of these benches had a specific job? Like, this is my fretting bench, you know, so this has all my fretting tools, and, and, it, and it lives next to the, um, you know, the, the I use my drill press for an arbor so, press. It's almost like an assembly line type shop. Right, so whip, I can, right? so yeah. I like right now I'm working on four guitars and you know I glue up I glue up one of them I glue the fingerboard on and then I like you know slide it down my long bench or whatever and then pull the next one out but now I could just actually take the whole bench with all the clamps and the glue and everything and just push it aside and then pull the next bench up and start sanding the next one you know and actually have all these sort of smaller benches instead of this one giant bench because lifting that heavy guitar neck and setting it somewhere else you'd rather push the whole table Exactly. Well, <laughs> but it's a, it's about <laughs> flexibility too, because, um, right. like the you know, sort of like I was saying to Phil about it, like you know, have the roughing woodworking in the garage or whatever. That's basically the way my shop is set up right now. I have at the front of the garage where it's always cold in the winter, so I have my table saw and like my you know my planer and jointer and all that stuff. And then back where it's warm, where the, is is where I have like my like tinkering stuff, you know, like the the wiring right. and soldering and setup benches and where I'm doing most of that type of work because I want to be warm. Um, but then I also want to have stuff that's gluing up near the warmth, and so it's just like, well, if I could just kind of, it's originally the idea was a giant bench is more flexible because I put stuff on it and move it around. But now I'm like, well, what if since I'm making smaller things not giant things, it'd be more flexible if I could move the benches to where I need to be, you know, and. Um, and just sort of push them out of the way, and then I would have floor space too, which I I don't really have. Like that'd be fun to be able to take all the benches and like push them to the edge, and then have like a big open space in the middle of my shop. You know, right? That'd be that'd be nice to have sometimes. Is anybody else think- picturing like a guitar making woodworking version of like Fantasia right now? Would <laughs> <laughs> they do it themselves or? Um, you know, Vance and Maddie could do all the work, and Tim just stands there with the conductor's wand, and right. da, 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 and they're like, "Yeah, no, yeah, exactly." I mean, yeah. Like, so I, I was thinking, go ahead, wanting to move, wanting to move somewhere where it's going to be cold. Right, this is, my dream is to move, more than likely near Dubuque, Iowa, uh, when I retire. So most of the houses there do have basements. Hmm. Um, and like I was telling you, Phil, I, my idea is that I'm not going to not want to have access to my big tools. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I kind of love them until I yeah. see how much it might cost me to get them where I got to go. They might take a hike. But it, but my idea was that I would have a small tinkering workshop in a basement of the house. Leave the garage because apparently you, you want a garage when there's lots of snow so you can, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Plus, Lord knows I can't wait to shovel the driveway. But having a small basement shop where I don't have to make a lot of noise and then a shed of some sort in the backyard where I can make a bigger, more like a just a go out with my table saw type shop. So I kind of want to have two, but the workbench I would want in a shed, I don't really need a workbench so much as I just need access to my tools because I'm mm-hmm. going to build a bigger item. But down in that basement is going to be, again, the soldering if I want to make cigar box guitars or if I want to whittle a handmade rocking chair or something, you know, like a Spagnolo inspired. So I kind of want both, you know, best of both worlds. I want to have a space where I can keep my big tools, but I'm finding that I don't use them hardly at all. In fact, I just turned on my bandsaw the other day because I won't say for what reason, but it wasn't for woodworking. I just had to cut a piece of plastic off of something. I'm like, you know what? If I trim this thing right here, it'll be perfect. And I just went to the bandsaw, turned it on, it's done. 
little, little project I had in the house. That's ridiculous. I have a 14-inch bandsaw that I, I haven't used in six months, and I used it to cut a piece of plastic. That would be the first... Okay, so here, uh, I'll, I'll address a couple things that you that you said. Um, <clears throat> separate, like separating out your workspace so that the big heavy tools are in a shed and and then the let's say the actual fine woodwork is done in the basement i get what you're saying it makes a ton of sense it's never going to work when there's three feet of snow on the ground you're not going to trudge out there to go to your shed to go and right and and i thought about that but here's the thing i'm retired i'm not making anything on purpose i'm making things because i want to yeah so i'm not going to want to go out through the snow and get to the shed workshop because screw that it's cold but if i do get bored and i want to be creative i do have a place that i can go down and like the little my you know my dream shop my little basement dream shop it's got the storm doors the bar you know <clears throat> the flip up doors I can go down through that way or the kitchen I want to have a little microphone at least so Casey can tell me when dinner's ready mm-hmm. and then um, that's important I have some kind of music going on I have a little wood stove I can light up and you know set my set my uh, I'll have metal cups so I can set my tea on the metal stove and it'll keep my tea warm I feel like we're so watching the same YouTube but, videos but yeah go on. <laughs> But no, seriously, my idea is that I won't have to go out there, so I'm not going to want to make big projects until the snow goes away. I just have a place. Table saw is not just for big projects; for little projects too. It's just when you want to cut something straight and accurate. Like I make a lot of little things, and I can't. I can can cut straight and accurate, Phil, with a handsaw. Literally, he's retired. He's on the rush. Yeah, you know, he's doing it for the joy. But when you get that wood burning stove, dead. The wood burning stove is all about cooking your lunch on it. Like that's the right. don't just heat your teacup. You throw like the slice of pizza, like the cold pizza from the night before on the wood. Oh yeah, nothing that's beats awesome. That. It's the best thing in the world. I used to fry eggs when we had the chickens at my shop. I used to go in and take an egg out and fry eggs on it and stuff. Ah, <laughs> you lost me there, my man. Lost me. There. Wait, hold on a second. You're a vegetarian. Yeah, I'm a vegetarian. I eat eggs. What? Those He's the eggs vegan. that I eat are from local chicken friends. And there are birds that do not have roosters, so the eggs are not... They're just fertilized. These, fertilized. Yeah, that. these these chickens have been genetically it's, designed to lay these eggs. He agrees you. not to eat the chicken, so they let him eat the eggs. Yeah. Yeah, eat doing. their potential children, yes. You okay, know, chickens, chickens eat their own eggs. <laughs> like, it's it's yes, kind of gross. They <laughs> yes, they also eat mussel shells if you feed it to them, and it makes their, egg, their eggs thicker. Yeah. Any source of calcium they'll eat. Yes. <clears throat> Ask me how I know that. I don't know. I don't know why I know that. All right. All right. We'll keep this conversation on. ongoing yeah. for another time. But in the meantime, we are moving on to our iTunes ooh, review. Ooh, ooh. Oh, oh, right. oh. Well, no. Don't we have to do the... Um... Yeah, we usually do that right after. The review review and then the ISO you know, weekly tip segment. We need to have a we need to have a new band meeting. We got to remember to do certain things at the beginning of the show because I liked that and we. Oh yeah, we were doing the iTunes at the beginning. Oh. We're, we're terrible. At yeah, this. someone should write a list. We are. We're, well, we're not. It's not that we're terrible. Well, I'm following <laughs> we're, the old format because that's what my uh, that's what my Word document is in. But I want to keep. We're open minded, boys. We're learning. We're adapting. We're right. evolving. Right. Hoorah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So we do have some reviews. You want to knock those out first? Yeah, do it. Um, okay, we have one uh, from Curdy Kurt Eleven, who is Canadian. The title is "Let's See," and he wrote, "I am writing this to see if they will read the five star review. 
These guys are great. Always enjoy listening to the witty banter. They talk about guitars, ice rinks, and the tip segments. Oh, tanks, ice rinks, and tip segments. You'll never remember all the tips. True. Um, keep up the good work, guys, and good luck finding the replacement for loots. Only joking, Bill, I think. Thank you, Curtis, and thank you, Curtis. <laughs> so it was a five-star review, so of course hmm. we read it because we read all our five-star reviews, just like this one from Botswana. Author, you, John. of course, John made it, and his title is I Miss Them, and he wrote, Must Be One of My Favorite Podcasts. And I I don't know. I don't know what's going on with John so most of the time. Must be? I don't know. So, whatever. <laughs> But it's five stars, so we read no it. Other podcast. Because if you submit a five star review, we will read it. And you just go to iTunes and submit a review. You can go right to our website, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. And we made it real easy for you, or Phil made it real easy for you. I tried to obfuscate the information, but Phil made it easy for you to just click the link that'll open up your iTunes and uh, prompt you to write a review. Did I do that right? Nailed it. I love it. I, I, I nailed it. I, 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 way better than uh, the other guy. So, uh, the Ice Two Tunes weekly tip segment. Um, we will hear. Did we have a tip this week that we? Uh, I, I I'd like to kick this one off. I have a couple of tips. Okay, a couple but of did tape we have tips. Submitted ones? No, we, we don't. We did we not. Don't. But why don't you tell us about the submitted ones? Last week we had a yeah. submitted one. Yeah. So what I wanted to first of all, I wanted to give a little a shout out to our um, to our sponsor, of course. Um, Ice Two Tunes makes phenomenal. Phenomenal um, headwear. It's sound isolating to protect your ears, but at the same time, it's also Bluetooth, so you can take calls, you can listen to music while you're on the job, and uh, and it's honestly, it's transformed the way I the way I work. I'm out there with my. Um, um, I prefer the over the ear. I use the Isotunes Links, and um, and they're great. They're more comfortable than the than the Stanley ones I was using before. Mm. So now my daughter wears the Stanley ones. Um, her head's a little smaller than mine. Only a little bit, and uh, and so I wear the links and uh, and I love it. Even if I'm not listening to music or anything, I just I, I, I wear them to protect my ears. So um, that's what that's all about. And um, what we're doing is that we are asking listeners for submissions for their their tips on a weekly basis. And everybody who submits a tip to us, it's got to be one of these like uh, record it and submit it by email. Uh, you will or be put into a draw. You ready? Well, or it can be some recorded by email, or they can just write it in and we'll read it. That's fine, right? Yeah, they don't have to do the yeah. audio thing if they don't want to. Some people don't want to talk on the radio, but if you send us a tip that we can read, include your name. All right, but, but make it readable. Send us a tip in any form you choose, and what'll happen, Phil? If they do that, what is going to happen? This is big, you guys. I, I'm sorry, I get a little, I get a little giddy. What's going to happen, Phil? What's going to happen? Your name will be put into a draw to win a set of ISO tunes. At the end of the next 90 days. So actually starting last week, uh, or maybe it was even two weeks ago. Starting two mm-hmm. weeks ago. So in uh, in 10 weeks' time. In 10 weeks' time, we'll be having a drawing. And one person is guaranteed to receive a set of Isotunes. So we're super excited about that. Thank you very much to our sponsor, Isotunes, for that. And, and uh, the, the previous tip submitted, they're automatically entered because yep, we already had this list. idea. Yep, Absolutely. Yes. So thank you for the previous submissions, everybody. Um, yep. Okay, so we don't have one this week. So then, uh, Bill, no, no, no. Well, actually, uh, yes. So yeah. I want but Bill, to. Bill, start you're not this eligible off. for this drawing. You know so. that, right? What? Whoa, 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 what? Yeah, yeah, no, employees aren't eligible. 
I'm not. You guys don't pay me. Hold on a second. (laughs) Bill's an employee. (laughs) I know. It felt weird saying it. (laughs) I I want. I want my W nine medical uh, minimum wage insurance stuff. (laughs) Was just a lot of words. I know. All right. So let me. Let's let's start this up. I have two tape tips that I just discovered recently, and I wouldn't have thought of them as even being a tip, but of course they're a tip because it's something I've learned over the years that makes doing something a little bit easier. And I want to start off so it can be anything. It doesn't have this. Is, they're not so much maker related, but they're, they are DIY related. Okay? okay. And that's what we want. We want, we want people to be interactive with us. Send us your tips and ideas because everybody's got these little tips and tricks that you do. You might think it's a tip. You might not think it's a tip, but it really is. It's, it's just an idea that might save somebody a little time or whatever. Not everybody might like it, but some will. I will. Cause I like everybody and everybody likes me. Anyway, so the first one is, I just told you I, I just redid my dryer. So um, having the drum apart and putting on a belt, it's kind of a pain in the butt because you put the drum back on, you got to put the belt around the drum and then reach underneath and attach it to the little... Anyway, the idea is, and if you, if you know what I'm talking about, you'll get it. What I do, and I've done this for years, is I take masking tape and I tape the darn belt to the dryer and then just leave it open on the bottom. So it's not moving around, it's not... So, so when I finally get it hooked up, I just kind of spin the dryer and take like five, six tabs of tape off around the circumference of the dryer. Holds the belt in place so it's not moving around. When you're lying down, you got your arm underneath and it's sharp edges and you're mm. trying to work by feel. Trust me. Tape the darn thing to the drum feel and it's, it's going to save you. Yeah. yeah, and just and just even when you're done, just stand on top of it before you put the top on. Spin the drum, pull each piece of tape off. It's all good. Anyway, that's one. And the other one tape tip I have, I use the black Gorilla Tape for this. Um, it's a little bit heavier duty duct tape. Um, I For Bob, I bought, you know the little shop mats that are like puzzle pieces or like two by two and they fit together yes. like a puzzle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bought those. I've used those and I've done this for a long time too. Anytime I put those together, I flip it over and I tape every I seam with duct tape. I love it. Because... Every one of them I've ever had, if you don't, especially the edge banding, that's a little pu- yep, you know, two-inch wide puzzle piece to make it look at, they, they, as soon as you walk on it, they come off. Yep. Yeah. I've been bouncing back and forth fighting with Bob now for a few weeks, and I taped every seam underneath it. It makes it stable. It doesn't come apart. And Because I used to use just a, about three sections of it in front of my workbench. It's like a two-by-six feet long little thing, but they would come apart. You spread your legs, and I was like, no, not when you duct tape it. You duct tape it. Mm, you don't smart. even remember that you duct tape it. It just stays together. It holds it together. Mm. Especially like the, I bought the cheaper stuff this last time. It's only like a half inch thick. Mm. So that's, it's, it's flimsy anyway. But now it's not. It's stable. So I have that all my over my shop. Tips? And the, I lost all the edges. And none of them are put together. Right. I got them at different times. And they stretch out and flat out. So you can't put them together. They're yep, different yep. brands. So I have all these sections of it. Just flip it over and duct tape the seams. And when that edge is missing, which is missing a lot, it like just all the dust just collects in there, too. Or it gets in the cracks and, and, and all, stuff. all those little fingers. And yeah. they start to get lumpy. Yeah, I love it. It's hmm. a great tip. Hmm. I have a tip that's kind of like Bill's, um, except with magnets. So I find um, on the dust collector, um, if you don't have like a... You know, a canister that sort of clips on to your dust collector. I know. It's just a bag. (laughs) So I find, like, getting that bag back on is really tough. So what I do is I take, um, I have, like, a pretty big neodymium magnet. And so I'll I'll magnet the bag on in the backside. And then I can shimmy it up. It's like a third hand to shimmy it up and then secure the whole thing back on. They Uh, put those little clips on there to hold the bag on some of them, but they never work right. 
Like that, no, I, I don't can't. Have that the, on my... the bag never stays in it. And uh, yeah, that's a good tip. I've been doing that for a while, and well it makes done. things much easier. I tried recently doing it without the magnet. I was like, it's like ten minutes of just struggle and curse words. Uh, I'm just gonna go find the magnet. It's sucking it's dust in the whole time because you got your face right down there, and it's coming out of that <laughs> yeah. bag above it. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like we do the same stuff. Um, <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's weird. It's so strange. So uh, again, uh, just before we we stop this, thank you, Isotunes. Um, this is gonna be fun. This interactive. Uh, our sponsor also being your sponsor for everybody who's listening. Support these companies that support our communities. And um, we just, we love IsoTunes and we love all of you people. So hit them up. Don't forget. And did you, did you mention our, 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 yeah, we have our we have own web page now at IsoTunes? Oh, yeah. Oh, you talking about um, IsoTunes.com slash Reclaimed Audio? That's the page where it's just a just a reminder. So if you forget where you want to go, that's where you can go to find, you know, all of IsoTunes' latest products. And we have our our coupon code, of course, which is Reclaimed Audio 10, which will save you not 10%, because 10% is for suckers. It'll save you $10 off of uh, whatever you purchase over at isotunes.com. How many dollars audio. in Canadian is that, Phil? It's like 12? It's about 12.70. Like 25? Mm-hmm. Huh? $12.70. So that's almost like $20 bucks in America. It's basically $100. Yeah. Huh. Basically. American yeah. high school would teach you that math. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, yeah, yeah. The coupon code, by the way, is reclaim ten at isotunes oh, slash reclaimed audio. Gotcha. I'm sorry. Reclaimed ten. What grabbed your attention this week, Tim? So I was on YouTube uh, listening to isolated Beatles tracks because that's how I roll. So you can go in and you can like listen to like just the drums on Ticket to Ride and then like just the bass part. And oh, people cool. have done this. Um, and if you're a musician, it makes perfect sense why someone would want to do this. It's uh, very, very educational and entertaining to hear that. And I was just happened to be listening to the Beatles because that's the best band to listen to like that. <laughs> I don't know. I've just been this thing I'm on. But so I see in the sidebar, there's like this recommended video. And it's like the title of the video is basically like why George Harrison, uh, not George Harrison, I'm sorry, why Ringo Starr is the like the most underrated drummer because there's always all the jokes about Ringo Starr like being like the luckiest Beatle because he wasn't talented blah 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 which is a bunch of nonsense the guy's a genius obviously um, yeah obviously like they you know they picked him you know what I mean like they had another drummer and they picked him <laughs> you know but um, but anyways uh, so it was just one of those videos and like, I don't need to see it I know everything that's going to be said and, but I'm looking at the guy's name and I was like that name is familiar and, uh, and I realized I went to college with the guy that made the video. His name is George Harab. And, uh, and he has a bunch of music videos. Um, and he's like, he did this very well put together video of talking about why, um, why George Harrison is, I mean, Ringo Starr. I don't know why I keep saying George Harrison. George Harrison is a genius too, but why, why Ringo Starr is a genius. Uh, so that's my, it's H R A B, George Harab. And he has a bunch of podcasts and stuff apparently. I haven't really gone to check anything out yet, but I, I watched a, a little bit of his videos and uh, it was like, oh, that's cool. I know that guy. And he's talking about kind of cool music stuff. So. Sick. Bill, you go now. Um, so I want to I want to give some love back to uh, Makers International podcast because they gave me some love in their last latest episode. And a uh, little side shout out. Um, I know that because uh, uh, Pop Pop or Greg, uh, he texted me, he emailed me, and he basically he was going to drive to California and tell me, Hey, these guys are talking about you on their podcast. You better, you better listen. They're showing you some love. So thank you, Greg. 
they had Berkey on and oh, cool. um, they did they did say some lovely things about me but what they were talking about is um, and it made me think of how many of us are laid up right now right uh, I know Paul Mayette Jim Bashirs. well I didn't know Andy was laid up and so is Chris Cute right they're, they're not really able to be out in the shop right now hmm. various reasons and that happens a lot so they were talking about what do you do to still exercise that creativity so it was a neat conversation hmm. and of course you know Berkey's on there so you know he's talking about you know meditating on a ice pick in the middle of a frozen tundra talking to polar bears or something i don't know that's that's berkey we know how yeah. he is but they mm-hmm. had a really cool conversation and it just made me think about that yeah i remember when i was you know i, I was out for quite a while with my my, my surgery the first one yeah, yeah so it makes you think and they talked about what is meditation like richard morley uh he's like i don't like and a lot of people like this when you talk when you say meditation some people shy away and i used to be like that i don't like yeah. that word but but most often is that meditation could be so maybe not the the dictionary, but meditation can be anything. A lot of people, our shop is our meditation, right? We get out there, doing anything that that allows you to not focus on the mundane or like Andy calls it the white noise. And it doesn't matter what it is. Maybe it's reading a book. Maybe it's actually meditating where you sit down and just breathe for a half an hour. Maybe it's cooking. You know, they they brought up Andy and Chris both like to cook, especially now that they're laid up a little bit. They're able to do some amazing food. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was just a neat conversation. So Makers International Podcast, uh, we love those guys, and they shared some love with me. I think they were going to share love with you two, but well, you probably ran out of time. Yeah, yeah. that that's what it was. The time what time constraints. Was. That's time what it was. Thing, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, Phil? Um, I watched a cool video today uh, from our boy in Germany, Habu. Hmm. Um, he um he did some. It's actually very interesting. He did um. You know, bow ties are, you know, you usually use them to stabilize cracks in wood. Instead, he used some um, small wrenches and used those as bow ties. In, I love in a that. Table. I saw the picture. Yeah. I didn't yeah. see the video. I love I that. Yeah. It was really cool. Like, uh, it's interesting because he used this, the, the Shaper Origin to do the, the pockets and then used a grinder to do the, the, the chamfer, the inner chamfer. So it was just an interesting. Mm use of tools and i always find his videos to be super super creative um he's always thinking outside the box he's a really cool guy and uh so i like that one cool easy peasy mm. our websites williamlutes.com timsway.net newperspectivesmusic.com guineapigtanks.com <laughs> and isotunes.com slash reclaimed audio guys contact us for show topics suggestions feedback all that good stuff those tips um, send all that to info reclaimedaudiopodcast.com either by voice or I guess peck them out um, and, or you can also send them to twitter uh, at reclaimed audio on iTunes leave us those five star reviews we will read them out and patreon.com slash reclaimed audio for a dollar you get access to the pre-show for ten dollars you get your name at the top of the hour with that incredible list of heroes that I read out week in week out that's all I got to say. Have a great week. Bye, everybody. Be good. <laughs>